This is exactly right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Scotty, ready? Curdy B, I am so ready to, you guessed it, laugh and laugh and laugh. Police are... <laughs> Uh-oh. Cops. Woman arrested after police find $2,500 worth of Stanley Cups in her car. Oh, boy. Wow, that's... Also, that seems like a really big car. All right. Well, uh, this episode of Bananas promises to be good until the last drop. Oh, I like that. Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Sitting across from me is the delightfully hilarious and intelligent screenwriter extraordinaire and my best bud, Scotty Landis. And there's Kurt. I'm (laughs) kidding. I love that guy. If you see one comic before you die, make sure it's the one and only headliner himself, Curdy B, Kurt Brownoller, uh, who I'm going to see tonight for a a dinner. I'm so excited. I am. I texted Kristen. Our friend Kristen is having a birthday dinner. Wonderful. And I texted her, and I was just like, I am unreasonably excited mm-hmm. about tonight. Great group of people. Happy birthday to our great friend, Kristen Shaw. Uh, Thanks for who, inviting us. Thanks for still being our friend. She had, she had to cancel it because she had COVID. Now we're back having we're dinner. we're back, baby. We're oh, breathing clear. Wait. And then I'm going to Jersey. I'm going to Jersey this weekend. Mike Merrill's getting married. Wow. So excited. Yeah, so your dry January is very over now. Oh, it is done. <laughs> it is. And not only does it go done, it goes off a cliff. <laughs> yes. Like right to Jersey? <laughs> right to Jersey with my oldest friends? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, you are swimming <laughs> in it. You are back in. You are diving head off the wagon, head into the booze ocean. Well, that's cool. I'm so excited. Um, I'm feeling good today. I don't know what it is. This day, it, rainy day in That's Los Angeles, and I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling happy. Did the wind wake you up last night? It did not, because okay. I was already up. Gus is just, he loves to get in the bed and mm. then kick, kick, kick. Kids he love to kick. He does not stop moving. 
Mm-hmm. How about I, you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great too. I'm in an excellent mood. I just love recording this podcast. Um, I really do. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to Bananas, yes. it's probably weird hearing us talk like this. But uh, we do talk about strange news stories. We do yes. comment on them. Oh um, yes. So last night I was asleep. There was a huge uh, wind storm. Really, uh-huh. it was rainy too. And at some point, I heard like the wind hit the hit the house and. And I was like, man, but listen to that rain. That that pitter-patter of rain is just going to put me right back to sleepy town. And then I heard like a couple bangs, like not loud bangs, but like if you if you imagine holding a shoe up in the air and dropping it from five oh, feet. That, that is level. The, but that's the scariest sound. Yeah, boom, boom. And then I saw so I wasn't fading right back off to the land of um, Rip Van Winkle. And then I heard it again, and I opened my eyes and sat up and realized that my doors were blown completely open and had been for probably an hour. So just rain and wind just blowing in the bedroom. Are you joking? Just blowing right in. Wait. <laughs> you did not I? notice that a storm? Yeah. That's I ins- didn't notice. That's crazy. I, right it was you, crazy. Because your bedroom just opens right onto a deck, right? Onto a balcony. Yeah, that's right. And so it was like, and the sound of the rain was loud enough. The wind was loud enough that I just thought it was really coming down out there. But it turns out it was really coming down in here. It was like a meatloaf <laughs> music video from the early 90s. It was like doors, like yeah. billowing curtains. Yes. It's like Bon Jovi's bed of roses. And I'm oh. like... So I just get up, sh- shut them, and go right back to sleep. But it was so... I mean, thank God. <laughs> I mean, thank God it wasn't worse than it was. But it was um, it was a brisk way to wake up at 3 a.m. I'll also, say the, you must be a very good sleeper because the wind... Oh, yeah. To not be woken by the wind... And this was like a huge storm for those yeah. of you not in Los Angeles. This was what they call an atmospheric river. Yeah, we get those a lot now. We sure do. It's kind of the main thing about California now. Yeah, um, the rainiest place in the world. Sorry, <laughs> Kauai. It does rain here a lot. Did did you have do you have carpet in that in that bedroom? No, no, no there's no okay. carpet there. So nothing was ruined. There was no damage. It was just as if <laughs> it was a little bit like camping, to be honest with yeah. you. So all good. Oh, so yeah, man. I I fell right back asleep and so yeah, I'm feeling energized. We have we sold out our Seattle show already. Thank Seattle's you, Seattle. Gone. Actually, no. There are four seats. Yeah, four crazy seats in the weirdest place I've ever seen. This place looks very cool. Triple door in Seattle, but there's four seats that are behind a glass partition. I uh, think yeah. it's like a classic. It almost seems like because in Catholic churches there used to be a little area where you could bring crying babies. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, it was yeah. behind glass and it was like soundproof. Yeah. So I no one might would be, be bothered by the act of of raising children, the most natural process on planet Earth. I know. Maybe it's the perfect place for our 420 friendly bananas hotboxers oh, yeah. out there to. We're not mm, going to say anything, but maybe maybe four four friends just show up and. I, who knows what happens next? But it seems contained. <laughs> it seems like um, a great place to do it. And then, of course, Portland, we just put those on sale at the Old Church on April 19th. And, uh, and then all the tickets are now on sale for Chicago, Boom. Madison, Kapowie. Minneapolis, Yeet. May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. 
So come on, we're going. We're playing cool places. We're playing cool places. We're playing the Den in Chicago. We're playing um, uh, comedy on State on Madison and the Parkway Theater in Minneapolis. We're coming back to the Parkway. Coming back to the Den. But I gotta say, I got my eye on Madison. I I just yeah? think that's gonna be the crowd. Yo, really? I think You're- Seattle's gonna knock our socks off because uh-huh. the Tacoma show was so good. But I, I have this feeling that coming out of the winter that these Wisconsinites are going to come and bring the cheese curd thunder on us. All right. I like, I like what you're saying. Because mm. my experience has been that once you get to that part of the country mm-hmm. and you hit not negative eight degrees, no one is going inside ever until September. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair too. <laughs> well, come inside, drink. I mean, it is like a bar, so yeah. I think and it's in the afternoon. Too. It's in oh, the yeah. afternoon, so you can be done by five or whatever. Wisconsin, let's do it. Madison, let's do it. Curdy B, let's Here it do is. it. Woman arrested after police found two thousand five hundred dollars worth of Stanley cups in her car. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, What's that like? Fifty? Eighty? I don't know how see. much those things are. There's okay, so it. They have them all lined up on front of the police cruiser. Cool. They cool cover. Photo. <laughs> yeah, they cover the entire um, hood of the police cruiser, and then also the front section that they have like that battering ram on the, mm. on the front, and they have them all lined up there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a ton. The reason I'm telling this story, this was an NBC News. This was by Patrick Smith. Often is said. The most hydrated and best of the biz. Best of the biz and in the biz. Um, The way she stole them is my favorite part. Oh, good. The craze for Stanley Stanley Stainless Steel drinking cups reached new levels last week when a woman was arrested and accused of stealing 65 of them worth almost $2,500 from a store Mm -hmm. in California. Police in Roseville in Placer County Northeast of Sacramento said sure. Sunday that they were called Wednesday to a report of a theft from a store on Stanford Ranch Road. Quote, staff saw a woman take a shopping cart full of Stanley water bottles no without paying for them. The okay. suspect refused to stop for staff and stuffed her car with stolen merchandise. An officer spotted the suspect vehicle as it entered Highway 65. So far, unnamed woman, 23, of course. Of course. Was arrested and accused of grand theft, which seems like a lot, but I guess it's... $2,000. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of steel. Um, Stanley Cups have become highly blah, 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 And then the quote, the police quote says, while Stanley quenches are all the rage, we strongly against it. Turning to crime to fulfill your hydration habits. That's true. Or just steal one. 65? You're 65 not that popular. Is, Even at 23. Crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. Also, the fact that it was just pile them into a, <laughs> into a grocery cart and just cruise. No, <laughs> there's no hiding it. Just full no. on. The staff is being like, please stop. Don't do that. Don't steal all those Stanleys. She's going, eat shit. <laughs> just walks them out to her car. And you know they were clanking and clanging all the way out the door. That is not a silent crime. Also... None of these Stanley Cups are like the colors that are like worth anything. They're all gray and like black and dark blue. I, as I understand the Stanley craze, it's like for hot pink and like really bright colors. Well, it seems like it's a TikTok, right? TikTok kind of relaunched this. And then it, first of all, 
hilarious that you tried to get away with this. I love Two, it. There's always something being collected. I feel like people knock Stanley so hard because it seems to be something that girls and women are really into. And that's like, why, yeah. Is it any dumber than... I don't know, guys that have 40 bottles of scotch that they don't drink in their closet. Is it any dumber than Yeti? It's not dumber (laughs) than Yeti. Yeti is the dumbest thing out there. You had a tweet a while back where it was like, who knew 2020 would be the year that everybody gets real serious about coolers. $300 coolers. Yeah, it was something about how expensive coolers were. <laughs> but Stanley, okay, he, and I have a second I have a second scorching hot take that's going to blast people's ears off their I'm head. ready. Oh, my God, I love a hot take. Go further, ladies. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a product made in 1913 by William Stanley Jr. Really? It, he figured out a way to weld steel that would oh, create a right. vacuum seal. Mm-hmm. And then he died. And then now it's owned by some company in Seattle. Um, and apparently, you know, Mr. Stanley loved to use a little bit of lead in the bottom. Just a, just enough. <laughs> and that is, I just read it. I don't know why I read so many Stanley Cup articles, but there was one too, about the, the, like, the lead in Stanley Cups that, like, don't worry, doesn't get to your mouth. It's literally in the sealant on the bottom. Yeah, he died at 57, so that, who, knows, <laughs> who knows if it's connected. But what I'm saying, hot take is go further. This Up until, let's say, four or five years ago, this was a product used by lumberjacks, steelworkers, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. blue-collar pillars of society. So I'm saying, ladies, take your Stanley Quencher, add a hard hat, add a chainsaw, Add a sledgehammer. Just don't stop halfway. <laughs> Go all the way and embrace blue collar. Get a Stanley Metal lunchbox. Yes. Yes, that's what I want to see. Drink tomato soup and pour it in the lid and sip it <laughs> while you just like contemplate how to build a dam with a river that won't stop. <laughs> Um, go further is my hot take because it's it's fun. I think this is cool. Also, when this fad ends, it's great because all the parents and aunts and uncles and like younger siblings yeah. are just going to inherit an ocean of Stanley quenchers. It's great. I love that it's called the quencher. I think they're cool. Funny. By the way, I think it's a cool product. Like I don't think this is dumb. No, I are you kidding me? You're talking to the man who was told by his doctor that he drinks too much water. This is right up my alley. Giant, giant handle that also can fit into a car. That's the reason that they're popular, in my opinion. They fit in the cup holder. They fit in the cup holder. They're 40 ounces, and they have a handle. I also read that they were not doing that great, the quencher mm-hmm. size. And then the new um, president, or the company that owns Stanley now, hired the guy that ran Crocs, and that he was the one that... Now it's selling at like 300% of what it was. But it's like the dude that made Crocs a big deal made Stanley. So wear your Crocs, wear a backwards hard hat, carry an axe, drink out of your Stanley quencher, live your best life. Did you see that thing that was going around as a meme a little while ago about how in um, Idiocracy, Mike Judge was like, I want (laughs) the dumbest looking shoes you can find. Yes, And and then there was this brand new shoe company, the wardrobe the wardrobe designer found called Crocs and everyone in Idiocracy is wearing Crocs and it does feel 
perfect for us. We came back around. Yes, she was like, nobody, these aren't, I think she thought they were so stupid and ugly that it would almost be like distractingly ridiculous. And Mike Judge in his infinite wisdom was like, put them in, put them in. Damn, that's that's great. Yeah, I'm all for this. I mean, I'm not for stealing 65 of them. Don't get that greedy, but it's a fun thing to collect. They're, they last forever. Maybe. Yeah. I bet we get a story in the next two years that a stray bullet is stopped by a Stanley Quencher and saves a life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Also, I saw a guy. This is This is where my Instagram algorithm is at. I follow <laughs> oh a man who just burns things with a giant... Uh, mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course I do. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, And it's like a, it's a, it focuses the, he lives in like Arizona and it focuses the suns. It's like a giant magnifying glass with a mirror. And so he has burned, I've watched him burn like anything you can imagine. I've seen him burn it and all of them burn and all of them break. And he did it to a Stanley cup. No way. And just left it on, and it's just like a laser burning, and he couldn't go all the way through it. Incredible. I don't know if he was being paid. I don't know if he was being paid. I don't know if this was a paid thing. But it didn't seem like it because it was just like a very offhand. But uh, so anyway, yeah, they're indestructible as well. That's also, I a can't very com- funny person to follow. I'm glad you follow that. Are you kidding me? How I'm many- not kidding you. I got boat launches. <laughs> well, that's I got- fun. I got boat launches. I got guys who burn things, and then people who live in trucks in Alaska. That's like my main follows, and then surfers. That's cool. Uh, Speaking of Alaska, isn't there a thing? It's sort of Stanley product related, but not really. But working, working person product. Isn't there like a ball in Alaska for Carhartt for people who've survived because their Carhartt clothing kept them alive? I hope there. I hope there is. I'm almost positive there is. I think it's in Alaska, and it's like a yearly thing where if you if Carhartt has saved your life from the bitter cold, there's like a gap from the bitter cold. Oh, not from injuries think, from machines. I think anything. I think anything. Okay. But I, it, if anybody knows, if we have any Alaskan bananas, one, we want to come do a show up there in a real way. And two, have you ever been to the Carhartt I Survived Ball Festival also, Gala? There is a competing ball that's across the street of people who have lost their hands by getting their Carhartt gloves <laughs> caught in a machine and then it pulling the rest of their hand in. And these people fight at the end of the night, and it's beautiful. It's a lot of kicking, I'll tell you that much. Anyway, here's speaking <laughs> of... Uh... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, I have one that's sort of crime-related. This was sent by Emily Linskoog, who is who I waited tables with. What? Maybe even had to train at Two Boots in Brooklyn um, years oh, man. ago. Wow. She, she's an excellent artist, wonderful artist. And I think she listens to Bananas. So Yay. thank you, Emily Linskoog. Hope to hang out with you again soon. Um, so this one's crime-related. This one's got layers, Curdy B, so I'm going to skip around Love the article it. to get to the main points. Okay. Chicago area man who Heard of sued it. women for bad mouthing him on a dating site 
convicted only days later of tax fraud. Wow. Involving in uh, tax fraud. Not oh, it's not over. It's not over yet. This is still the headline. You, you wish. This is still the headline. Okay. Days later of tax fraud involving mob-connected sweepstakes kiosks. <laughs> what did I what the, just say? What is, what is going on? I don't not, know, but I'm excited for you to tell me. So this was in the Chicago Tribune, written mm-hmm. by the best in the biz, Jason Meisner. He is good at typing up He's really long good. headlines. He's very good. His, his editor is like, don't come in here unless you got a 30-word headline. The and copy he said, editor was gotcha. like, we can't leave any piece <laughs> of this out. So much of that could have been left out. Sure. It could have just said... Man sues women for badmouthing him. Convicted days later of sweepstakes Boom. fraud. There we go. Damn, he's good. Um, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago area native Nico D'Ambrosia made a Ooh. national media splash earlier this month, Kurt, when he filed a lawsuit against dozens of women who allegedly were badmouthing him on a tell-all Facebook dating page, describing it, him as clingy, a I, ghoster. I couldn't imagine a better name for a serial dater, a man who's who's manipulating people with romance than Nico D'Ambrosia. <laughs> yes. I know. That is a heck of a name. That's a Nico great D'Ambrosia. Name. If it was a great guy, you go, well, I love that Nico D'Ambrosia. I'm gonna have him <laughs> over and, and grill him some wet meat or whatever they eat there. Um, and he was a huge show off with his money. Turns out D'Ambrosia's dating reviews were the least of his worries. God, Jason Meisner's good. I mean, this guy just takes words and paints pictures. Uh, (laughs) D'Ambrosia, 32, was convicted in the same federal courthouse where his lawsuit of pending tax fraud, blah, blah, blah. So this is what he was doing. Okay. He was was working, oh, after a four-day trial and only 90 minutes of deliberation, he was convicted for two counts of filing false tax returns, each carrying a maximum prison term of up to three years. Um, There is this funny detail. So he was a small fish ensnared in an overall investigation about Mm -hmm. the shady world of sweepstakes kiosks. I didn't know what those were. I don't know what they are. I I barely do, and I looked them up. Okay. But basically, they are sweepstakes machines that are quasi-legal gambling kiosks that are designed to skirt the city's laws banning video poker. So you actually like do gamble for money, and... from what I saw, or the ones I was looking at online, it's like you make a purchase in a mall or store or something, and it's like you made a purchase. Here, use this machine and try to gamble because you're a customer here. So almost like points at a grocery store or something, but they they kind of frame it as like ah, you're like a respected person, and then you're just gambling. You're just but straight up gambling. You're st- straight up gambling, or are you like gambling with your like loyalty points from the mall? It's cash, but it is that. So it's like, and it's a touchscreen thing that it, it seems to me like it is just video gambling. Yeah, gambling, right. And they have like one thing machine. where it's like, well, it's, you know, it's points. Yeah. So he, in 2019 and 2020, this guy is a real genius. He claimed uh, $4,000 in taxable income, even though he made over $300,000 <laughs> in one year alone because of the sweet stakes machine's profit. So like all gambling things, it, it was is not illegal. a good thing to do. Don't do it. <laughs> gambling is stupid. Um, 
But this, so he falsely claimed, this is what I like. He falsely claimed, for these are for tax write offs, that he mm-hmm. drove thousands of miles on business related trips he never took and donated more than $70,000 to a local Catholic church when in fact he didn't donate a penny and wasn't even a parishioner, according <laughs> to testimony. 70000 If you name, if you name anything, if you donated. 70,000 to any Catholic church in yeah. America, yes. it would be now named your name. Yeah, the, yeah. It would You'd be the, the Nico, Nico D'Ambrosia <laughs> Holy Innocence. Yes, the D'Ambrosia Baptismal font. <laughs> <clears throat> Take a dip. Um, so this is, uh, so basically he didn't pay like $119,000 in income tax over two years. He's going to jail. I'm going to also get back to the cha- the group of women that say he's a ghoster and clean okay. and, and shitty. Um, so he, he hired these lawyers, Christopher Groman and Ralph Mychek, or Mychek, mm. and they just basically say he's an idiot. Their defense was he's too stupid to have pulled this off. Uh-huh. Uh, here's one of the quotes. Um, this is in court. This is in court. I love this it. is his attorney, Christopher Groman. Um, in his closing argument Friday, Groman told the jury the case was not about greed. Quote, it's all about stupidity. I mean, this, I don't mean to disparage Nico in any way. This is still a quote. But as you can see from his educational records, he's not the most sophisticated human being. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody with his skill set is not doing his own taxes, and nor, frankly, should he be. You go to a professional, and the professional Nico relied on was his cousin. So basically, he says oh, he's man. an idiot. Trying to screw over his own cousin to get out of this. Yes. Ooh. So a month before this, this is where it ties into the dating uh, he's, accusations. He's dumb, and he's not loyal to family. I know, and he might be going to jail. So... When the case was going to trial, jurors were asked if they had seen any of the stories in the news about Nico suing these women. Mm-hmm. Two raised their hands, said that they had, including one who is ultimately selected to sit on the panel. Fascinating. That seems not right, but I don't know law. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds okay. like he should have gotten different lawyers because if those people were allowed to serve on the jury, that. <laughs> That. He's not a smart man, Kurt. <laughs> this guy's making bad choice after bad choice. So the suit that Nico D'Ambrosia, uh, it was a class action lawsuit that alleged that he was defamed and his privacy rights were violated after his name and photo were posted in 2023 in the Chicago chapter of a private Facebook group called Are We Dating the Same Guy? Whoa. I'm sure we, we have a lot of Bananimal listeners and a lot of women Bananimal listeners, and I'm sure some of them are in their own local chapters of Are We Dating the Same Guy? This group gives women a platform to discuss and disparage men in their communities, the lawsuit said. (laughs) Which, good on them, honestly. Does it say discuss and disparage men? That's what it says? In their local communities, with which they have had allegedly unsatisfactory dating experiences, according to the lawsuit. The group pontificates, this is again, in the lawsuit, quote, the group pontificates to the world that they are doing the Lord's work by maintaining a platform to permit women to anonymously dox, defame, and attack the moral character of men they (laughs) met online. So D'Ambrosia alleged he met the woman who first posted about him at an event in Chicago last year. They had consensual sex the same night, and letter went on a, quote, handful of, quote, unremarkable, end quote, dates. 
never engaged in exclusive dating relationships. So they hooked up for a few times, and that's that. So in November, the woman, using her real name, posted D'Ambrosia's photo with red flag (laughs) for other women. We met organically in Chicago two and a half years ago. Very clingy. Very fast. He flaunted his money very awkwardly and kept talking about how I don't want to see his bad side, especially when he was on business calls, the woman stated. Uh, on bit, Wait, on business calls? Yeah, on business calls. You don't want to see his bad side on that, Kurt. This guy, <laughs> he's writing checks and snapping necks, man. Yeah, he's getting on the phone going, it's a sweepstakes, you jerk. <laughs> it's a touchscreen. No, it's not illegal. It's very legal. I'm hanging up on you. I have to drive thousands of miles to donate tens of thousands of dollars to churches I don't attend and never will. So um, I went out with him a few times. Another woman said over a year ago, he told me what I wanted to hear until I slept with him. Then he ghosted me. I'd steer clear. Another woman commented, including screenshots that had the fling. So basically, this dude seems to be going to jail while his lawsuit's around. There's a dozen women he's trying to class action sue, but I think... I think these women all had an experience. They're allowed to talk about it on Facebook. Also, it's a private Facebook group, pal. If you hadn't tried to sue them about it, no one would know about all these things. And now now they're part of the public record. You idiot. He is an idiot. Nico D'Ambrosia is an idiot. Yeah, man. This guy needs to go back to school. I mean, he'll he'll probably come and kill us. So maybe all of this is alleged, <laughs> Kurt. I think he was found guilty, though. So that the tax fraud part, he definitely did. But, you know, this happened. I won't name names. Mm-hmm. Um, but this happened to somebody you and I both know. And when... <laughs> what? Yeah, we were talking about ideas. And I was like, well, what's something that happened to you that's crazy that you barely tell anybody, blah, blah, blah? And she's like, we were talking about movie ideas. And she told me this story, and it was so fascinating. I actually went to Stephen, Stephen Ray Morris, uh, mm-hmm. and we recorded it when Exactly Right had this studio in Silver Lake, where yeah. I just asked our friend questions. And basically, she the gist is, and I think she is writing this fun spin of a movie, she dated a British dude, and... <laughs> they, every time he would come to New York, she'd they'd hang out and do their thing, and it was really romantic. He like love bombed her and all that stuff, and then slowly over like two years, he would like still send her texts and like say how much he missed her, and then say how much he loved her and all these things. But then he, he she could just feel that the the thrill was gone and that he was cooling off and slowly starting to disappear. Um, a, a quiet quitter, one might say, and then. So she finally kind of like, he was a jerk, and she was like, screw you, I'm not doing this anymore. And then randomly she said she was sitting in her apartment, and she picked up a magazine and started reading it, and the article was called something like, Are We Dating the Same Guy? And a woman in England who started describing how it went and said that she ran into somebody else, and or no, she saw somebody else online, and they started putting it all together, and our friend realized it was the same person. Uh-huh. So she reached out to the writer of this this woman that wrote this article, and they found out there were like six of them, <gasps> and like two of them wanted revenge, and two of them, and then two of them were like, "I don't care, screw that guy." Was in the past, but it was so fascinating. She was like, "Scotty, I sat down, I opened up a magazine, and there it was, like without naming them, without any photos. Whoa. It was just the behavior was all there." And I wonder, I got to talk to Steve and see if he still has that recording because it. we were going to just release it as like a one-off to 
Yeah. I don't know. It felt it wasn't like a crime. He didn't commit any crimes. He was just an international jerk. And these women started piecing it together, and then they all became really good friends. I mean, that's a great story. Also, it should be called International Jerk. Yes. Uh, and it should yes. be all of their stories. You have six, six, six episodes of each woman's story, and then one final one where they all like compare notes. And it's just if, fun. That's a great seven. If only seven. there was a true crime network <laughs> with an incredible international reach and just millions of listeners somewhere out there. Yeah, we should try to figure that out. That could be a fun little... A murder bananas it could be a murder bananas true crime series <laughs> oh man you want to tell me a little headline and then i'll tell you some of our shout outs yeah i'll tell you a little headline hell yeah um okay you want stunt man or you want cheese mm-hmm. let's go cheese scientists played music to cheese as it aged hip-hop produced the funkiest flavor this is a smithsonian Wow, funky flavors. I have a few shout outs for you, buddy boy. All right. Lainey Bugaboo 22, which is a great handle, wants to shout out her sister, Allison. Their mom died in October. I'm sorry. Very sorry to hear that. That is never easy. And Allison wanted to take some of their mom's belongings to uh, from Marvel, Tennessee to Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So instead of shipping it, they loaded up a rental car and drove the whole way, Curdy B. They intentionally stopped at the silliest things they yes. could find. Yes. They did the kind of road trip that you should do, especially if it's siblings. Uh, go see the dumbest stuff, roadside attractions. They saw a glass bathroom. They saw giant pistachios, giant chili peppers. Elena and Allison honored their beloved mother by laughing and being silly the entire way. Oh, Beautiful. that's the best. Thank Beautiful. you. Beautiful. Thanks for telling us. Uh, the Phoenix women's rugby uh, team, we sponsored them. They sent us their team jerseys. It's they're, so cool. They're kick-ass. They look so good. We love the Phoenix women's rugby team. We love sponsoring y'all. We'll do it again next year. Uh, I'm wearing my jersey to some of these live shows coming up because it's Sweet. so fun. And it's our logo right across yeah. the the chest. It's wonderful. Um, we'll see you soon. I can't wait to see a game out in Phoenix. Indy Elizabeth, who is a day one murder banana who told me that when karen and georgia started teasing that bananas was coming even from the first ads we were a day one download and every tuesday she listened to us while getting her bachelor's degree in science in a quote bumfuck town in louisiana she had a very isolated college existence but bananas was a welcome distraction during hard times she graduated and won three academic awards oh hell yeah so thank you indy you're the coolest and last but not least, this one, I might I might get choked up, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, Beth VSW wants to shout out all the Bananimals. Six months ago, uh, we mentioned a school supply drive she was doing on our podcast, Bananas, and Beth said that a dozen Bananimals donated to it, so much so that she ended up just giving away her last box of colored pencils last week to a migrant student from Mexico who was so excited to get them because he didn't have any school supplies. It's been an absolute joy distributing these supplies to teachers and to the students. So thank you to all the generous Bananimals. Oh, that's great. Thank you, guys. This is such yes. a good community. Wow, that is that is so beautiful. I'm a little misty-eyed over here, but Beth, we love teachers on the pod. Hell Yeah. Banana of the week to Beth. Banana of the week. Thank you, Beth. Great job, everybody. 
That's what I got, buddy boy. Sounds good. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Scientists played music to cheese as it aged. <laughs> um, this is crazy. I'm very surprised by this. This was in Smithsonian Magazine. Um, researchers played... Okay, here it is. This was by Jason Daly. Okay. He is writing about the best stuff in the business on a daily basis. Jason Daly, everybody. Ooh, Jason Cheeseball Daly. The creation of good cheese involves a complex dance between milk and bacteria. That's why he's good. I mean, beautiful. Uh, in a quite literal sense, playing the right tune while this dance unfolds changes the final product's taste, a new study shows. Mm. Denise Balabous and Cecile Montavani at Reuters report that hip-hop, for example, Reuters. gave the cheese an especially funky flavor, while cheese that rocked out to Zeppelin or relaxed with Mozart had milder zests. Wow. Last September, Swiss cheesemaker Beat Wampfler. Come on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is yeah, going that's, on? That's going on my names. phone. Beat Wampfler. <laughs> and a team... And a team of researchers from the Bern University of Arts placed nine 22-pound wheels of Emmental cheese in individual wooden crates in Wampfler's cheese cellar. Yeah. Then for the next six months, each cheese was exposed to an endless 24-hour loop of one song using a mini transducer, which directed the sound waves directly into the cheese wheels. The, quote, classical cheese mellowed to the sounds of Mozart's The Magic Flute, the rock cheese listened to Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. I'm okay. so sorry. Mm-hmm. An ambient cheese listened to Yellow's Monolith. The hip-hop cheese was exposed to A Tribe Called Quest Jazz, We've Got. Yep. Uh, and the techno fromage raved to Vril's UV. God, uh, I wish that was my nickname in college, techno fromage. Oh, it would have been so popular. <laughs> uh, control cheese aged in silence, while three mm-hmm. other wheels were exposed to simple, high, medium, and low-frequency tones. According to a press release, the cheese was then examined by food technologists from the Joie Food Perception Research Group, wow, which concluded that the cheese exposed to music had a milder flavor compared to the non-musical cheese. They also found that the hip-hop cheese had a stronger aroma and stronger flavor than other samples. The cheeses were then sampled by a jury of culinary experts during two rounds of blind taste tests. Okay. The results were similar to the research group conclusions, and hip-hop cheese came out on top. The bacteria did a good job. The experts said Great a tribe job, called yeah. Quest's cheese was remarkably fruity both in smell and taste and significantly different from the other samples. Ooh. Um, so uh, tasting, however, was subjective. Not everyone thought hip-hop was the cheesiest. My favorite cheese was that of Mozart. I like Mozart, but it's not necessarily what I listen to. Maybe a sweet little classical music. It does good to the cheese. Shit. Mm. It does good to the cheese. It and that's sure does uh, do good to the cheese. Benjamin Luzoy. Uh, Oh, now the samples will go through a biomedical survey to see if there are actual differences in the structures of the cheese. Um, So it's like sort of the rhythms, I guess. Like, right? Are the base would shake the whatever makes cheese enzymes or time out? No, time out, Scotty. I'm sorry. While you were asking that question, I just read the next paragraph. Oh boy. They, I don't know how to understand how this is buried so deep into this article. Well, when the experiment started, she alone. Yes. When the experiment started, Wampfler beat Wampfler, 
who is yeah. a veterinarian by day and cheesemaker in his free time? Normal. Totally not, normal. So it's not told AFP last year that an experience that in his experience, all sorts of things can affect the flavor and texture of cheese. Wait, this is just some veterinarian is making cheese in his basement and then just did this experiment. And now it, it's in the Smithsonian Magazine. What is going on? Beat Wampfleur, first off. I thought that was the name of a company. That's the name of a man. There's a man who's like, hi, my name is Beat. I'm yeah. Beat. I, I'm a veterinarian, and I yeah. make cheese. Yeah, Mr. he's got Wampler. a perfect life in Bern, Switzerland, which is oh, very beautiful. God, he's prob- he probably has, the- he has a perfect life, doesn't he? He has a perfect life. He has a cabbage garden. He eats raclette and fondue yeah. all the time. Man, what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> he's, he's just treating dogs and going downstairs to play music to cheese. Yeah. I went on uh, in high school, uh, one of my early little high school girlfriends when I was like 14 or 15. It was the kind of dates where you would go and like a parent would drop, one parent would drop you off and, you know, if you, mm-hmm. uh, another parent would pick you up sometime. And uh, I think I mentioned this years ago, but the, we went to Bertucci's once and ordered food, and mine had eyeglasses in it. Just somebody's glasses had fallen off into the pasta. Just straight-up glasses. <laughs> just just like the glasses you are currently wearing, submerged in pasta, and then they were like, you don't have to pay for that. And then we went and saw a movie. But the same girl, it's, a, it's crazy. Do you remember what movie? Out. Do you remember what movie? No. <sighs> I... If I had to guess, oh, it would probably be executive decision. It was, it could have been Anaconda. It could have been Anaconda, the J-Lo, Ice Cube, John Voight doing the strangest accent, a uh, big snake movie. Let's go with Anaconda, even though I don't think it was that. I can't believe, so it was like, ju- it was just a giant, I mean, Bertucci sounds like a place that has giant bowls of pasta. Yeah, it's a, it was an Italian chain, and it was, yeah, it had big white bowls, and then yeah. it, I got some sort of pasta, Alfredo saw something, and it, within that were <laughs> glasses, not sunglasses, like somebody looked, probably had them on their head reading like the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the it's ticket, so funny. reading the ticket up close, and uh, and then lost uh, them, and then yeah. never was like, where are my glasses? Just plated the bowl and put it up in the window. Send it out. I got Alfredo dying in the window up here. <laughs> the food runner's nervous, anyways. But so it's a crazy that it didn't work out with me and this nice young person. But the next time was like around Valentine's Day, and the big thing, and I bet this was the case too at new jersey maybe not there was a chain i think it still exists called the melting pot which was like a fondue yes. restaurant oh yes. oh yes it is very expensive when you're especially when it's, you're 15 years old yeah it's crazy it's crazy that it's that expensive yeah and back then like you know it was probably like 45 dollars a person back then so that would be like what 60 dollars a person now and when you're 15 it you're like more than 60 dollars now it would be like 90 dollars now yeah everything's crazy expensive but she was like it was it was cool to go to the melting pot like to go on a date yeah there. yeah yeah and you know we were we were 14 young. 14 year old yeah of course you want to eat cheese 14, you want to yeah. take bread and put it have a whole thing to do with it Yes, and so we get a little extra, you know, a little extra dressed up. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know what that meant for me. Probably a shirt with like like a polo shirt or whatever, yeah. like two little britches shirt. Probably a little warthog britches shirt. And we get dropped off in Towson. It's right in 
right in Towson, Maryland, and we were walking in, and I'm sure we made a cute little phone call reservation, and she's excited, and that we did see this a family we knew, and so then it's like, oh, look how adult we are eating at yeah. the melting pot, and we order, you know, I'm like, I'm sure my dad in his kindness probably gave me a little bit of money to help me out. And at some point, um, five, ten minutes into the meal arriving, she just starts getting quieter and quieter and then wraps her hands around her stomach and then starts getting hives. And she <gasps> like was basically lactose sensitive oh, no. and oh, she no. knew it, but she wanted to go so bad and she wanted to have so much fun and she was just hoping for the best. No. <laughs> just dipping everything no. in cheese and chocolate and cooking, di- dipping meat and liquid and this poor little thing. And I'm like, oh, and I don't have a car. I don't have a cell phone. Yeah. So it's like, and you're just like a kid stranded so she's just like i'm just watching like red coming up her neck oh no (laughs) just like her cheeks are flushing (laughs) and i'm trying to be so nice and so like and she she definitely did not tell her parents that she's going to the melting pot or she did and they were like don't like eat everything but and then it's like do you want dessert she's you know she's like no i think i'm okay and i'm also like thank god i have exactly $65 in my zip uh my velcro (laughs) wallet Uh, my velcro op wallet dude Yes, that's yes. exactly what 100%. it was. 100%. Like yes. OP was like mainly wallets, I feel like. It, they were crushing the white boy wallet thing in the <laughs> mid-90s. So so I, I, when I started as a writer, so anyways, the date ended in a way that little kids did. Like I'm sure the poor thing was just in the bathroom and embarrassed. And I was like, I'll just go stand outside. And when I was standing outside, um, I was there was like a library nearby that had statues. And it was a father and it was a mother father and then a kid on both sides and the mom's hand was on the back of the statue's daughter's head yeah and for some reason i and i my, when i first started writing scripts in my 20s in new york and trying to get like jobs as a writer i would all <laughs> i would always start it with people leaving a, a melting pot and then narrowly avoiding a car accident. Uh-huh. And, and then the car would swerve and jump the curb and take out the torso of the kid. But then the mom's hand was still holding the head up. And I must have put it in three scripts. And my first agent was like, well, well let me see some writing samples. And she's like, did you see somebody get decapitated at the melting pot? And I was like, I just had this joke that was like, hey, what do you do for fun? And I'm like... I, and I, I realized it was like, oh, now it's real. Now I can't just write the silliest things in. Now people are actually reading this shit. <laughs> what but do you was, do for fun? Oh. What else do you do for fun? And I was like, oh, that's a fun little joke. But yeah, I, to the point where CC was like, I don't know what you experienced, <laughs> but this is in a lot of your scripts. And I like it. But did something happen to you as a as a young boy? Oh, Anyways, I love that shout so out to much. the melting pot. I, I if they still exist, you Let's and I see. will never go. But I would love to go to the melting pot. Are you kidding okay. me? Well, Let's see. Melting pot. Is there one in Madison? I heard there's a oh, bar yeah, in Madison. The original fondue. Latibra. Let's see locations. Mm. Let's do oh, they're Madison. all over the place, dude. Yeah, we just live in old health world USA. No, there's one in Thousand Oaks. We could go. Is there one in Jersey? Oh, yeah. One in Red Bank, baby. Maple Shade Westwood. Uh-oh. Are we about to 
double date at a melting pot? <laughs> I, I am so... I would drive out to Thousand Oaks. Should we for, triple date? Who else do we know loves dipping cheese? And oh, I, I would love to do this. Let's triple date at a melting pot. I'm in. Let's throw me? caution to the wind. Let's not crap for a week. Scotty, send me home. Mm, I got one that you... I picked out for you. I think I found it. Yes, I did. Okay, so when you and I were in Philly, I did the story that like a crazy percentage of people think that they could land a plane with. Okay. So uh, while like flying back, I saw this article. Uh, Associated Press written by Joan Lowey. I think it is Lowey, L-O-W-Y. If it's Lowry, I'm sorry. We've definitely used stories from Joan before. Really? She's the best in the biz. Yeah, I think she Wowie, Lowey. Wowie. (laughs) Uh, Captain Sully Sullenberger's Miracle on the Hudson. Mm -hmm. Safety advice was not carried out. Wait, what? This is interesting. Okay. Because I was working at Two Boots, maybe with Emily Linskoog, the day that that happened. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You were definitely in New York when that happened. Definitely. Didn't notice it. Nope. Just carried on with our day. Kept slinging pizzas. (laughs) Um, Washington, in the seven years... Since airline captain uh, Sully Sullenberg, so this must have been an older article, uh, saved 155 lives by ditching his crippled airliner in the Hudson River, there's been enough time to write a book about it, make a movie, and apparently, but apparently uh, not enough time to carry out most of the safety recommendations stemming from the accident. Are you joking? Of the 35 recommendations made by the National Transportation Safety Board in response to the incident involving U.S. Airways Flight 1549, only six had been heeded. That's also the National Transportation Safety Board, probably one of the most boring organizations on planet Earth. Gotta be. Is the bad guy in Clint Eastwood's movie about Sully Sullenberger. If you ever watched Sully, have you seen it? The movie Sully opened in theaters. The bad guy the bad guys are the National Transportation Safety Board. Yes. It's so weird. It's like how much Clint Eastwood is like hates big government <laughs> he's just like and these are the evil villains the people who are just trying to make things slightly more safe for human beings that's right so that movie starred tom hanks as chesley sully sullenberger uh the plane lost thrusters and both thrust in both en- engines after colliding with a flock of canadian snow geese uh shortly after taking off from LaGuardia in new york city no one died truly a miracle and only five people were seriously injured. Um, but investigators turned up problems. This could happen again, and we want to make sure that it does. If it does, there are better safety measures in place. Okay, let me get to some of the good ones. Okay. Um, great. Oh, also, uh, did did my question as well? After you get to the these good sure. ones, is did the plane sink? And did they have to then go get a crane and get it up off the floor, or? No idea. Did they somehow keep it afloat until they could get it on a barge or something? Like I don't know. Maybe the, right. maybe the East River and the Hudson, when they connect, are so dirty that it just l- props it up <laughs> with filth and debris and corpses and oysters, weirdly. They have oysters in there. They do a lot. Um, let's see. The untold story of the miracle in the Hudson was part luck played in preventing catastrophe on the freezing afternoon in 2009. The wind chill was two degrees and the temperature of the water was 41 <gasps> degrees. So you're a surfer. Wow. That's yeah. cold. Yes. The, 41. The, yes. Ter- typically around 38 is what you get in the open ocean in the mid, mid January, February. Woo. 
Raising the risk of cold shock, a condition which people lose use of their arms and legs, they usually drown within five minutes. So truly a miracle that didn't happen. It's amazing. It was a sheer it was sheer chance that the plane, an Airbus A320, was equipped with rafts, life vests, and seat cushions that could be used for flotation. The equipment is only required on extended overwater flights and not on flights from New York to Charlotte as that flight was. Oh wow. So total luck that all that stuff was on there. The NTSB recommended uh, requiring life vests and flotation cushions on all planes, regardless of the route. But the FAA responded that it was leaving that up to the airlines. So here's the part that is bananas. The NTSB's investigation found that only 10 passengers retrieved their life vests, and and not all of those 10 even put them on correctly. (laughs) Guys, but animals, just pay attention next time you're on a plane. If you don't know, I mean, it is... It's crazy to me. Ten, 10 of the total flight of 155 on board. <laughs> Only 10 put them on and not all correctly. I love it. I love Also, how do you... It is a... It's a U and you put mm-hmm. your head through the U and you just put a, a strap around your... Like, how could you... And then you pull in what the way could you... How do you put you it on wrong? Lose. Are people just stepping through it and then putting it around their belly? I sure the hope thing? that's what they were doing. I <laughs> sure hope maybe, that was what maybe they were doing. sliding it so they're like wearing it like underwear with like one like a noodle poodle, <laughs> like a pool noodle. <laughs> yeah, sounds, that sounds exciting. That sounds like what if you were gonna die? I guess it's hey, you only you got fifteen <laughs> seconds. Um, <laughs> So the two rear rafts were submerged immediately and unusable. That only left the two forward rafts, which are only designed to hold a maximum of 110 people. That sounds like a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. 110 people. That's a lot of people on a couple rafts. Mm -hmm. But that's well short of the 155 on board. And many of the passengers wound up just standing on the wings as the plane gradually sank into the river. It was was such a crazy photo to see people just standing on the wing. Yes, so the NTSB, Kurt, uh, Clint Eastwood's biggest enemy in the world, uh, recommended <laughs> changing the location of the rafts. Great idea. I think this proved to be true to ensure capacity for all passengers on flights since it's unlikely that rear rafts would be available in future accidents. Um, <laughs> let's see. Some of the passengers wound up using the inflated e- exit ramps as rafts, even though they're not designed for that. But <laughs> Typical New Yorker behavior, just by any means necessary, whatever is good for me. (laughs) Passengers weren't able to release the ramps from the plane, uh, and they ran the risk of the ramps being pulled underwater along with the plane. So they couldn't detach the the ramps from the plane. So if the plane was sinking, they were just going to go down. The NTSB recommended requiring quick-release attachments for the ramps. Pretty good, I'd say. The FAA rejected that advice. (laughs) 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 what is going on between the faa and the ntsb talk about hate those two just that should be really hate each other oh man uh anyways i the only i know we're running a little short on time we did a show called bad ideas with adam divine and Mm -hmm. we shot at an airplane graveyard in the mojave desert it's on roku if anybody's bored they're very fun i think it's nine episodes they're about 12 minutes long max but we did one where these planes out in the desert are humongous, 767s, 747s, giant planes from the last 50 years. Yeah. And they're just parked out there rotting. Sometimes they get picked for parts, but they're just rusting out, and they get filled with snakes. 
And so we sent Adam, who his number one fear when we started the show was snakes, and Brent Morin, who's a really funny comic, to go onto these planes and start pulling out snakes from these planes. Oh, my God. And when we went, we were in this one jumbo jet, like a two-story huge like Emirates plane or whatever. It was actually really cool because they were like time capsules. Yeah. Like, you know, you see like the technology of like how crappy, like they used to have phones with cords on planes. Oh, yeah. Remember that? You'd yep, swipe yep, a yep. card. It was like, a, And then they had like really shitty TVs and you see what first class used to look like. It's It was a fascinating thing because I spent basically an entire day on f- rusting out giant dead planes while Adam and Brent caught snakes. And we found a uh, an area in the plane where they had tons, and I mean like 50 life preservers, like the kind that they do the demonstration on. Yeah. And on camera, Adam puts one on, and just to see if it still works, yanks the cord, and the CO2 inflated instantly. And then we spent an hour just recording Brent and Adam just constantly pulling. It was such wish fulfillment. I'm sure at least once it made it on the plane. Then they got drunk using airplane mini bottles. Uh, Perfect. Found on the plane. Oh, really? Then we, then we did it some more. Oh, yeah. These things are abandoned. Like Basically, they'd be like, okay, this one has damage to a wing. It's old model. Just drag it out to the desert and... Whatever was in there was in there. Whoa. Uh, oh, my God. That's crazy. They wouldn't clean it out. That's crazy. Some are gutted. You can tell that uh-huh. some parts were really... But, yeah, some of these jumbo jets, you had to climb up, like, a, a stair walkway and jump from the walkway onto the plane, like, 50 <laughs> feet in the air, 40 feet in the air. Again, snakes on these things. It was so crazy. But, yeah, the highlight of the day was the second round of after those two were already drunk, just taking turns seeing which ones were dead. Which life preservers were dead and which ones weren't. And those things, the fact that 10 people put them on and they couldn't even figure out how to use them, Bananimals, I implore you, just pay attention the next time <laughs> you're on a flight and really think about what they're saying to you. And then for the rest of your life, just look at your phone and look at TikTok. <laughs> we get it. I do the same thing. Oh, man. I can't believe I've known you for this long, and this is the first time I've heard the story about the snakes on the plane and the liquor bottles. It, well, if you have Roku... It, you can watch it. It was a damn funny show. I haven't told that many stories about our time doing bad ideas, but we Adam put himself in serious peril, and I just stood off camera in medium peril going, yeah, look good. Let's go again. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bananas. Thank you to everyone out there, every single Bananimal. We love uh, you all. They, this is a, a very cool community, and you guys are very cool people. Well said. Bananas podcast. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas.